Hello, welcome to today's episode of the Internet Marketing Clinic presented by Beth Guide of SEO 411. And today's topic is going to be a checklist of all the things that we should be doing uh, to have good SEO. And as we start to come, and I know this sounds like crazy that I'm starting to talk about this now, but as we start to get to closer to the end of the year, I start to take a position which these are all the things we should be doing. So when we get to 2021, um, that we um, have a plan and we know where we should be for a baseline. So I always start July, August to start talking about where we are today so that when we get to the end of the year, because as crazy as this sounds, uh, August, September, October, November, we only have about um, nine, 10 of these classes before the end of the year. So I, it, we're gonna start working towards that now. So that's what I, that's what I try to do. Um, and for those of you that haven't been around this before to know that I'm, I'm doing this. So we're gonna start with where we should be today and we're gonna make a, a checklist if you will. Um, and then as, a, as the next, I'm gonna stay with this topic for this particular class between now and the end of the year, because there, this list is so long and so comprehensive, we'll never get to it all. Uh, I'll be lucky to get to it by January. Let's let me just put it that way. So um, let me uh, fire up my uh, screen here in Chrome. Let me get Chrome up here. Uh, There's so many windows up and I never can find the right window. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna start down this list and we're gonna we're gonna go with it. So um, the list is a pretty comprehensive list, and it's how to. What my goal is is to get everybody using some of these basic things to start walking towards how do you to get your particular website up to the top of a search engine. Um, so that you're getting the lion's share of the views, you're getting the lion's share of the brands, you're getting the lion's share of any traffic that may happen to come across uh, those channels. So that's what our end goal is, is to be at the top and to drive traffic to these websites. Um, one of the topics that I'm going to punt down the road a little bit, but I want everybody to realize that this is becoming more and more a, a, an extremely important thing, is your position of authority. Um, within your community as well as the web community. Uh, and you need to really start to take a, a good hard look on how to build that authority. I will give you a list of that as we go on, but I wanna cover the basics first, but I want everybody to start to think and recognize opportunities to be a leader within, within the communities that you work in. Um, I think I saw Lance come in, um, He's a great example. He's done a lot of work with the Houston West Chamber. So he is being mentioned by entities that are not his, but show that he's a leader within the community. He's done some sideshows, uh, side bus trips with them, and his name keeps coming up repetitively. So he's, he's starting to walk down an authoritative road just by how he's positioning himself and who he's interacting with. And that's always a, that's always a really big thing. So if you're doing things in the community, if you're working with nonprofits, if you're helping people, if whatever you're, whatever you're doing, 
take the time and make sure that somewhere that you give yourself a pat on the back on your website. If you can get a pat on the back from the other person's website, all the better. Uh, so just start to put that in your thought process as you go through. I, I hate to say do things and do them because you're going to get a pat on the back from somebody. You should do them because you want to do them. But unfortunately, you have to get the pat on the back for Google to recognize you as a leader. So it's a little counterintuitive to normally how we would help people, but it is what it is. I can't change their mind on stuff. So the first thing that I want everybody to do is make sure the very first thing that you should make sure that you have is Google search console set up on a website. So it is under, so for those of you that don't know, I know some of you do, but for those of you that don't know, you're going to go to google.com forward slash webmasters. Um, and you are going to come to this website. You're going to hit sign in. And you can start the process to go ahead and add your account. It'll be a button up here. It says add property. It'll ask you if you want a domain or a URL prefix. You're going to want the one with the URL prefix because otherwise the other one requires DNS verification and it gets way too difficult for the average Joe to know how to do it. So for you guys, I'm going to tell you to do the URL uh, prefix. What else I'm going to tell you is that if you're using WordPress, there is a tool inside of WordPress called SiteKit, okay? And what Google's been nice enough to do with this tool and this plugin with uh, Google SiteKit, let me kind of go over to where I am, where I need to be. They have given you the opportunity and the ability with this plugin to walk through a wizard and set the entire thing up start to finish uh, based on the information that you put in. So if you don't have a particular type of account, um, it will come back and say, hey, you need this type of account. We'll go ahead and you know walk you through the process of setting that up. Um, so just so you're aware of that, I, I would very much recommend everybody using this site kit because for some reason mine doesn't want to be populating at the minute, but it gives you uh, your popularity. It gives you even keywords. It gives you what your sales funnel looks like. If you see like here, it's giving you some of the search terms that my, my company is being found on. Um, you know, of course there's the branded searches, but then there's also all the other subsets of, so that's kind of nice that you get a little bit of the top queries for your website. Uh, the other thing it does is give you the top queries for your, um, or the top most popular content. So, you know, to go back and look at that content so you can get a lot of good information. Um, so, uh, I'm going to recommend using SiteKit to set the, uh, tools up with. It's a plugin. You just kind of Google. I always think it's funny to Google a Google event, but just Google Google site kit and it'll get you the WordPress plugin for it. Or you can do it from the plugins menu in WordPress. And I think if you put Google site kit in under plugins, it will give it to you. So hold on a minute. Let me confirm that. My internet's being a little sluggish today because it rains and it gets temperamental. So we're just going to have to work around that. But uh, let me go here and go add new plugin and put in Google Site Kit and see if we get it. Yep, there it is. Okay, so it's it's right there for you. It's 
right as part of the WordPress interface. So if you're using WordPress, I'd recommend using this. They develop this specifically for WordPress websites. If Google develops it, I say go with it. Um, and that's, uh, that's a really important thing. The next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to add the, the information that when you go to site search console, which is webmaster tools and we've set up our account and I'm going to use SEO 411. So we're all on the right SEO. Um, the next thing you need to be super mindful if you do nothing or don't know anything else in search console, the very first thing that you need to do is always submit your sitemap. Okay. Um, that is a very, very important thing because what it does is it submits all the URLs to Google so they know what they're looking at and what you think is valid on your website. Uh, WordPress generates those sitemaps for you. Uh, Yoast has a sitemap. I'm actually going to talk about a thing called uh, Rank Math, which I've been using and I'm actually liking it a little bit better than, than Yoast and I'll explain why here in a, in a little bit. Um, but uh, whatever the tool you have, it will generate an XML sitemap for you. You make sure that you put that into Google Search Console. Without a sitemap, you're kind of floundering about until Google finds the website. Um, you know, in the old days, there used to be places that you could go submit your website, and I, I'm kind of air quoting that. And the thing is with that, um, they took that away and they were using it as to what they found on their own. This has kind of replaced that mechanism that gets your site entered into Google system. It doesn't guarantee a placement. Google has um, started with this plan now that they're going to start excluding pages. So if they think your page is not a good page or it's not well written, page by page, they're going to go through and start excluding them. So I'm going to tell you that you're going to have a lot of, a lot of issues if you don't put this in. Um, also, they're using this to exclude pages that they don't think are good. So make sure all your pages are good. I think that's the best piece of advice I can give you. Uh, the other thing is don't ignore errors. Uh, if there's a problem and you see there's a problem, make sure you go and you look. Uh, this Core Web Vital, at some point, we're going to have a class on just Core Web Vitals. Um, but you can see I have some, some issues here that it's giving me that, and I think it's probably telling me my website's slow because it doesn't think, it, it doesn't like the fact that I have a five meg movie in the, the header of my website. So it gives me 28 URLs that it doesn't like, and it's because the 28 URLs I'm sure are slow and not, they're not working well. They're more than, what they're saying, they're more than 0.25 seconds on, on a desktop. Um, and they give me a list of those pages. So I could go and I can look up and I can see what the 28 pages are that it doesn't like. And I can go review each and every one of them and see what I can do and what I want to fix and what I don't want to fix. So um, that's just the long and the short of it. It's, and it is what it is. I understand part of why I have the issues and I've not been too jumping up and down to go fix them. Um, at some point, I'm going to need to address it, whether I want to or I don't. But they, they have dinged 28 of my pages saying that they don't like how they're working um, on, on Web Vitals. Um, the other thing is uh, back, let me go back to the error screen. So pay attention to what you have problems on. Um, if you flip your website and you have 400 pages that are not found, please go fix the pages and don't repoint them all to your homepage. 
there's a lot of different things that you need to do to, to fix these things. But if you, if you look down, I have very few errors on my website. Um, so here's one. It says I have a problem with, they have a problem with a video. That's interesting. I don't even know what they're complaining about. Mm -hmm. They don't like the thumbnails that I have on the internet marketing clinic page. They don't, there's something wrong with one of them that they don't like the video. They don't like the code that I have on it. So I'm going to have to go back and go look at the schema and see about fixing that as far as video goes. Um, so that's, that's, I know I have done whole classes on webmaster tools, so I don't want to like waste all our time going through this. I just want you to know that you should have this set up and you should be pursuing it. The other thing I'm going to say, and I hope some of you old timers are holding on to your chair, set up your Bing webmaster tools. And at some point I will give a whole class on how to do that. Um, but it's starting to pick up a lot of momentum and it's enough momentum for me now to start telling you to do your Bing webmaster tools. I, I haven't done it myself across the board. Before, when it was 5%, it wasn't worth my time. At 30%, it's worth my time because of phones and some of the, the positioning of Microsoft, it's, Bing is getting more and more. The other thing I'm going to say, and I'm going to throw this out and venture this out, and this is just my opinion. Um, some of the last uh, few Google updates, when I ask it for a question, I'm trying to find information, it's outguessing me. And the information that I want is often on the second or the third page. Um, so it's not properly answering questions anymore. And because it's not properly answering the question, it does from a product standpoint. But if I say, what does this error mean? Sometimes they get off on a tangent trying to tell me everything. I, like if I put in a Mac error the other day and it tried to tell me how to buy a Mac rather than giving me um, and don't anybody say buying a Mac is an error. There's a joke there somewhere. We're not going to do it. Um, but the reality is they gave me all the wrong answers for the error that I got. It had nothing to do with the problem. And I ended up having to manipulate that search phrase about four different times before I got it out of any type of commercial intent and could get it down to where they actually told me how to fix the problem. So that's some of the challenges. I think that's why Bing is starting to gain some momentum because to my mind, Bing is Google five years ago. Um, so the results are somewhat better at times over there. We've, we've talked about that in the past with their results being better. We had needed an outpatient IV clinic for my mother. Couldn't find one. There wasn't even one listed in Google. Went to Bing and sure enough, there was five within 10 minutes of my house. So um, little by little, people are being trained to go look for their answers elsewhere if Google doesn't immediately provide it. So don't ignore Bing anymore. Um, it's well worth putting it in. So it's uh, Bing Webmaster Tools. Uh, the URL on that is bing.com. Let me go to it so we can just get that up so you guys can write it down or so that it's, so it's bing.com forward slash toolbox. Let me see if that's just enough. And you can sign in and here's their whole webmaster tools and your whole everything to go and get started. So um, I think you have to sign in. If you have a Microsoft account, I would recommend signing in with the Microsoft account uh, and not creating a new one. Use whatever you already have so you don't confuse everything because otherwise it gets very confusing when you try to have multiple Microsoft accounts. 
Um, so you pick the one that you already use, especially if you're using it already for mail and you have it on Microsoft uh, URL, I would definitely use uh, my, that login for it to log in and get started. Like I said, someday I'll do a whole class on it. I'm not in a spot to do that today. Uh, the next thing I would make sure you did is have your analytics set up. The Google Site Kit pulls that in. So you won't have to, um, you will have to set it up. If you do Webmaster Tools first, it validates the uh, account. So you won't have to go through and do a whole second set of information to set up analytics anymore. It's, it's, it's really just a few clicks of a mouse as long as you have your Webmaster Tools uh, set up. And they start and look and see where the traffic's coming from. And there's a whole component in here for that as well. Um, make sure you go out to your analytics and check your analytics often. Uh, and I check mine every day. Uh, let me go over to mine because it helps me pick up anomalies. And I'll tell you, you all can, uh, and my, my staff has been a bit amazed at what I have done with the SEO 411 website since January. Um, I think sometimes um, I tickle them because they forget that I actually know how to do all the things that I'm the one that taught them how to do what they know how to do. So they came to me and they said to me, I guess this was a few weeks ago, they said, did you know the traffic went up on SEO 411? I said, color me, you know, who, who knew? So I said, of course I know. I was the one that was doing it all and making that happen. So I took a flyer and made a massive change to it. And when I did, I tanked the whole website. Um, I knew that what I was doing might tank the whole website. So I kept the backup and as soon as it tanked, I went ahead and rolled it back to where it was previously and everything's coming back. So the reason I tell you all of that is because my tanking debacle is in the middle of my analytics. So um, when, I, when I log in, um, I, don't know, I don't know what it's even gonna look like because I know I, 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 I heard it. But it's okay because that's why I did it because I wanted to see what it really looked like and what it what it was going to do and it was the best one to pick and take a shot at and to try it with so but we caught it fast enough and we were in good shape all right let's see let's see if I can pull this up this way CTWT CF411 on website data here we go so I have all the data, see my users are down a little bit. I knew that's where I was going with this. I knew that that was gonna be a part of it because I, I tanked the website as hard as I did. So it's down a little bit. If I had just looked at this over time, I would have gone, oh, what happened to the website? So if you check this on a regular basis, this is me messing it up here. The other thing I did was change some of my paid traffic. Um, because I've been messing around with that and seeing what the effects of paid traffic was on a website. So I've been, I've, I've had a paid campaign running on this and I, I've dropped it and I wanted to see what would happen as, as it went down. So I'm not alarmed by this because basically I already know that I, I had this thing gassed up and that I, I took my foot off the pedal on it on purpose. Um, but I can go ahead and, um, ask it to give me a date range. I can tell it the last 30 days, which is what I'm going to do here. Maybe I'm gonna do that. Let's just see if I can let me do June. 
Okay, there we go. So it gives me what the what the lines were on each one, and, and you can see where the traffic's coming from. So you know whether you've been um, successful or unsuccessful. If you look at this July 8th day, I've had 18 organic searches for us alone. What I know is that was class day. So what that is, is people looking for the class and the login information on Zoom. But Google doesn't know that. They just know that people are searching for us and doing things and looking around for our class. And that's a good thing. So I can go through each and one, every one of these days and understand how much organic traffic I'm getting, how much search traffic I'm getting. Um, and what, I, what I've got coming and going here on this. Hold on a minute. I gotta make sure somebody's not trying to, yeah, I've got somebody trying to get in. Here we go. Sorry about that. Okay, so we've gone through, we've looked at all our, our search traffic and you should be looking at that on a daily basis. I, I kid around quite frequently with everybody and, I, and my attitude, my answer to a lot of people is um, that I get up every day and I drink my coffee looking at the statistics and the rankings of our websites. I do it for myself. I do it for my clients every single morning. That's the first thing I do. Some people go to a newspaper. I go to Google Analytics and to my search console to see where my site is ranking that day. Every day without fail, seven days a week, even Christmas day, I do this. So, I, because I need to know what's going on with websites that I manage on a daily basis. And I think every one of you should have that same policy and get up and don't read the news first. Uh, the news will still be there, but where your website ranks on that day when you get out of bed may change the whole course of your day. That's the way I look at it. Far more than the news, really. So um, I get up every single day and that's what I do. So the next thing I need to, we need to talk about is um, SEO plugins for WordPress. And if you came to this class for the last five years, I've been telling everybody to use Yoast and I'm going to say there's nothing wrong with Yoast. What I have done of recent, and I'm going to explain to you the difference and why I'm more happy with it. And I think I'd be better happy with it for, for you guys, because Yoast, although it'll give you a thumbs up and a thumbs down and it gives you a meter of your success. I've been looking at this other one, and it's called rank math. And I have gone ahead and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna bring up this one here that we just finished and I think I used it for it. So this website, I used rank math rather than um, Yoast and I'll explain why. So this is a brand new website. It's just uh, literally, I just stood this up in the last few days, okay? So a lot of the problems that I have with Yoast is, is that some of it I have to get through paid for uh, functions. I don't necessarily need it because I look at something and I go, hmm, I should make, I have a feel after 21, 22 years that I've been doing this, I can look at something and see why something doesn't work right. But I often ask my staff why they didn't make the choice to do X and they come back at me and sometimes they say, well, they didn't see it or, but they only have 10 years experience. I got about 15 years on them in this, at this rate. Okay. So I still, I work with training them every day, but I needed something that gave them a better visual and helped them do internal links. And, and I'm going to say that this rank math 
helps do that because those are things that you need. Um, anchor text links within a web page are now getting awfully overlooked. We went through a period that everybody was going to do them crazy, and the crazy websites. Uh, residential is still, I know that one's still running. So let me show you what I'm defining as a crazy uh, website. So you understand what I'm saying here. So I went to a website, residential landscape lighting design. And what you can see is my whole homepage is anchor text. I, I have ones that are way worse than that, like from old school ones that were way worse than this. But Google takes great umbrage now with a web page that all it is is the page is just links, keyword rich links that point into content. So there's a real balancing act. And I used to be able to tell people how to do it formulaically, which was pick five keywords, move five keywords in, make sure you always had five pages linked, you know, and there was a lot of different sets of information that I could try to go ahead and, and do, but that's, it's not formulaic anymore. And trying to teach touch and feel, you know, I, I, I played the guitar as a kid and as much as I wanted to, I, I never had the touch and the feel of like Lindsey Buckingham from the from Fleetwood Mac or you know Neil Sean from Journey. I, I just never had that, and that's that's kind of what this is like. Um, you just and to try to import that on somebody, some people get it and some people don't. So this is why I, I, you've got to have some idea of what you're doing. And what I found is that this thing sort of thinks for you. So if you notice, it's telling me how, how well I did. And then it's also telling me how many pages on the website are pointing to this, this page. These links pointing to this page help Google understand what is an important page on a website. So you always want to have links back pointing to your homepage. Um, so all the other pages on this website are pointing back to the homepage. So yay me, I have six links pointing back to the homepage and Google's happy about that. Um, and this lets me know that. What it doesn't let me know is I didn't have a page linking to this implications. So somewhere, somehow I want to go to a different page and make it link to this implications page. I need to make sure that every page on my website has a link to or from it somehow, some way, other than in the navigation. So the navigation, the top part of that website, that's very important, and those links are counted. But this is actually counting the inline, in-text links that you have. Yoast does not do that. It does not do it. it it'll do it in a paid-for model. The paid-for model is on the expensive side and the information it's giving is not right. So where I can give this to somebody that doesn't know what they're doing, they can use these little meters and these link graphs and they can start to understand better what they're doing. Um, I want, I'm gonna open this page and get into it here for a second because I wanna go one little step deeper here. Um, let's see. Okay, so it sort of looks, so the kids said to me when I, when I told them about this, they said it sort of looks like Yoast, and it sort of does look like Yoast, except that I think it's got a more accurate scoring system in it to help get this score up to where it's green, okay? 
Um, and that should be your goal. But what else I like about it for you guys is that the schema aspect that has to be in every page now that I, I could teach this schema stuff from sunup and some down. Some of you that are not technically inclined, they're not, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get it. But this at least puts the base elements of schema on the page and lets us decide what that page, this should be an article, not a blog post, because that's what this actually is. So I want this to go into, so it's putting the information for Google into the page in a way that if you don't know what you're doing, you don't have to mess with it. And I know what I'm doing with schema. I'm training my staff to know what they're doing with schema, but if they get in a bind and they don't really know what to do, this thing will do it for them. And, and that's one of the things that I like. And then teaching back to a group of people um, that may or may not have that skill set. I think this becomes a, a really good way for you to have the tools that you need without you having to hit your head on a wall because you really don't know what you're doing with it. So it's a broke clock in the sense that a broke clock is right two times a day. This helps you. The rank math plugin is better than Yoast in the, the broke clock venue, if you will. I'm actually going to do a whole blog post on, on the two of them and kind of go through the differences side by side at some point. It's kind of like in my radar. And I may just choose a, a plugins class and we'll put the two of them side by side and I'll go through it. But I want everybody to know that, yes, you need an SEO plugin in your WordPress install. And I am moving more towards rank math and moving away from Yoast. And I would encourage everybody else to do it because it does more corrects for you than Yoast does in a much more easy to understand way. Um, and it gives you a percentage. So you don't have to kind of, if you, if you, if you go into uh, SEO 411 has it on it. Pages on this thing. I've got so many plugins on this website. It's so hard to find things sometimes. So let's just kind of go into all pages here and just take an innocuous page here that's uh, that I didn't do anything to. So you see, this one has a green little light. It does have like little lights to tell me what the SEO value is, but if you don't really know what you're looking at, sometimes it's hard to get there. So it's, I want to. So when you look at Yoast, um, you'll see that it has a similar interface as soon as it loads. You gotta wait for it to even load. It's taking it a minute. It says it's loaded. It's lying to you. It's lying to me. It's not even giving a minute to me. I'm not going to waste time on it. The reality is it looks the same, but it gives you like little lines and it doesn't tell you how close you are to right or wrong. It just kind of changes colors. I need to know how close I am to right or wrong. My red can be a red that's a, a seven or it can be a red that's a 35. And, and, and a red that's a 35 is a much better red than a seven red. So I, I think it's a much better, more graphical way for you guys to understand what you're looking at. The next thing you need to do is have a list of keywords for your website. If you do not have a list of keywords, you need to make one. And I think the next question becomes, how do you make one? Um, funny story, uh, anecdotal story. I had a, a recent college graduate call me 
the other uh, last week and needing help with how to find keywords for an assignment he was given at um, for a job. And what was interesting is nobody taught him in the college how to pick keywords for a website. And I, and I think that's an interesting thing that although you had done marketing and they've had digital marketing classes, nobody's talking about the value of a keyword and how to do the research on that keyword. So I thought that was kind of an interesting thing, if you will, um, because it, it just seems so odd to me that it, it, we would miss something so um, rudimentary. So everybody is going to need an AdWords account, um, but you're not going to put a credit card in. Never put a credit card in your AdWords account. And the URL for that is ads.google.com. Um, let me use this one because there's no... So it's loading. So if you go up to the top, you can come up here and you can pick uh, the, the keyword uh, tool here for you. And you see we have a performance planner and a keyword planner. I'm gonna tell you to pick the keyword planner off the top, under the wrench on the top of the screen. Um, and you can put uh, search words in on what you want to discover new keywords and then put the words in. So I may put in SEO, I'm just gonna put in SEO and I'm gonna put in web design because that's my two things in life that I wanna rank on when I grow up which, oh, by the way, I actually am ranking on them now. So I guess I'm getting older by the minute. All right. So what you'll see is it gives me uh, an idea uh, about the keywords. And I, I want you to understand a little bit about this um, so that you can decide whether it's something that you want to do or you don't want to do and, and how, to, how I get there. First of all, I always like to understand the amount of the traffic um, or the competition or the amount of ad impressions that is going to be shown on my behalf. Okay. So, um, and I don't, where is it? Okay. So if you look here, it tells me we have 135,000 searches for SEO, but what I, what I need everybody to understand is that's actually a bad keyword. And the reason it's a bad keyword is because there's no user intent matched to the side of that keyword. So it becomes a very difficult to understand what somebody wants when they put an SEO. They may want information on it. They may want to find a service for it. They may want whatever. I would never put any effort on this earth into ranking on the term just S, E, and O by itself. From my standpoint, just simply because um, there's no user intent attached to it. Um, now, SEO service, although it has 12,000, at least I know somebody wants to buy something for me. Uh, usually if somebody puts in SEO Houston, they're looking for an agency. If they put in uh, Houston SEO, they're looking for an agency. So I, I know that there's some things that, certain keywords that um, by putting in something, there's a better, better fallback, if you will, to it. You also can tell how hard a keyword is based on the bid. So if I'm ever unsure about how difficult something is, I look over here and if a bid is $22 a click, so it means that I'm gonna make a bid, a bid on AdWords for me to rank at the top of an AdWords ad, I would have to pay $22 every time somebody clicked. Okay, to me, that's a God awful amount of money. We used to do that for the web hosting business. 
um, we had about 100 to $150 a customer at that, that type of money rate it would cost us to acquire a customer. So it started to get expensive um, and it started to get expensive real quick, especially with the hosting product that only had a, a $7 um, price point on it. So just be careful what you're doing and understand. But from an organic side, when I look down this, I would pick, I would kind of, someday if I ever ranked on SEO, great, but it's not something I'm going to go after. Web design nationally, not going to go after. Web design Houston, yes. Houston web design, yes. I would go for that. So I know to put the, you, the location on either side of that and that I have a much better keyword for somebody looking for something that I do in the city by adding the city to it. I go down all of these keywords and what I like to do is I first want to set up a paradigm where it, I pull the things that are going to make me money. Okay. Um, and the things that would make me money would be SEO Houston, web design, Houston, web hosting, Houston, social media, Houston. There's a theme to this in the sense that I keep putting Houston to the end of it, but I picked the words that and made a list of what will make me money. Now, this class, 101 tips for ranking on Google, that's never going to make me money directly, okay? What I may find is somebody come in, listen to the class video after the fact, may find us on Google um, because of that page that we write. The reality is what I do gain is authority and the fact that I'm an expert and that Google then starts me move me up on some of these terms from that aspect of it. So I don't really fixate, and I, and I, I get this from my um, editorial department a lot. Um, I'll tell them to go write a page on, you know, seven tips to making a video. And then they'll come back and they'll say, what is the keyword? I don't really have a keyword uh, judgment when I write the article. Now, what I may do is come back in my head. I've got my 20 or 30 words that I've picked off this list of 1200 and some odd words. Um, and know that when I'm doing website design, I consider where to add a video and I may work those words into my page because I've pre-identified them, but not every page is written with the intent to have a ranking keyword in it. Okay. And that's where, that's why I always kind of try to tell everybody, try to get 20 that make you money. And then we'll build the ancillary list around it of all the other terms that we might come up with. But it's always good to have a core of money terms. Um, the next thing I can look down this list and I can start seeing is responsive design. Um, web designer, web development, SEO site checkup. Uh, SEO site checkup and site audits, again, those don't make me money, but they may get me a lead. So it, 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 it depends on how we do that. Now, if I was gonna write a page that said, as an SEO agency, so you see that, that's a 6,000 word choice there. As an SEO agency, one of the things we like to do is an SEO audit or a site checkup to see the health of a website before we talk to a customer. I've now taken my money word and a few other of these subwords on this list and worked them into one sentence or one article 
So it is possible to bake these in, which is why I want you to have a list of 500 or 1,000 words, but I always want you to know what the 20 are that make you money. And you really need to know what they are. If you don't have a clear idea in your head, you're going to have a lot of murkiness um, at the end of the road. And I'm going to give a really good example of this. Um, we, uh, many, many years ago, we were ranked number seven um, for web hosting. And when that keyword went away, Google started to gain popularity and backlinks started to gain steam. The GoDaddies of the world that had 1.5 million websites that had a little thing on the bottom that said hosted by GoDaddy at the bottom of it. There's no way I could compete with that. And I knew very quickly that we were never going to get back to the first page of Google without a huge uh, effort to, to get millions of links. And that's like, I hate to say it, but it's just like almost too ambitious to rank nationally on web hosting. And I would have people come to me all the time and they say to me, well, look, you're ranked on affordable web hosting or you're ranked on cheap web hosting or you're ranked on, you know, um, website hosting. And the fact of the matter is the only word that ever made a dollar was web hosting. So it was great that I had all those other delimiters and we ranked in those other spaces, but the only one that really ever mattered was the web hosting. So this is why I'm saying to you, know what your money words are. So you know what your targets are, you know what you're trying to do, because without that knowledge, you're just kind of scattershotting all over the internet. And that doesn't really, that doesn't really always bring results and results defined as money in your door. So make sure you have and, and we'll do a whole how do we pick a keyword class i haven't i don't think i've done one of them in a really long time just talk centrically about keywords and how that all interacts um but but we need to so there's a uh, the google keyword tool is a really good way to do it the other thing is know the difference between the goal word which may be web hosting and the long tail keyword which may be uh let's say cheap quality web hosting that would be a long tail search now do i get somebody that signs up off of that probably not um but but the reality is that know that you can have a long-term search you can have a uh focused search now i'll give you a different example sneakers tennis shoes okay i may put people don't put shoes in a browser anymore they put red new balance E W size 10 because they're looking for a specific shoe in a specific size and a specific color. So depending on what your industry is and what your goal of your website is, that may dictate your keywords. Um, I'm looking at a Christmas tree site right now, uh, the Christmas tree site, I'm going to break them all into 30 foot Christmas trees, uh, 20 foot Christmas trees, uh, 25 fit, foot artificially lit Christmas trees. And the reason why is that um, those long tail searches, people know what kind of tree they want and they're being very specific. I'm not just going to want to go rank on Christmas tree or artificial Christmas tree because the chances are people put some other delimiter in there, unlit, pre-lit, flocked, um, to decide what kind of tree they want. So you have to make those decisions also based on how your customer uh, searches as to decide. So my the way I would handle SEO keyword search is not the same as how I would handle a retail uh, Christmas tree site. 
I would handle a lawyer more the way I would handle the SEO uh, company and a lot less like I would cover a Christmas tree company. So you just have to understand what you do versus um, how to formulate. Long tail works great in retail. Uh, some of these more focused, especially in a service industry, work better because people are more apt to say accountant Houston. They're not going to say accountant with three years experience that is in the heights. They're just going to put accountant Houston and let Google figure out where they are and what who they're going to show. So understand the difference between those two. I just want you guys to know that the long tail does have a purpose. Just understand what it what its purpose is and how you want to use it. What I will say, and this is an abstract concept, and I just may not say this right that everybody gets it, um, but everything I do, I have a keyword intent in mind, but everything I write starts with an idea and a theme. It never is keyword. I don't sit down anymore and say, I am going to write a page about web design. Rather, what I'm going to do is write a page about how bad, bad web design may hurt your SEO or how picking the wrong web designer can blow up your whole business. Um, I'm not writing about web design. It's just thematically that word is there. And then once I'm done writing it and I go to post it, I start to work in my keywords that I know are money terms that I want. So that's how I approach it. I would recommend everybody to kind of do the same thing. Don't be fixated on keywords. Um, what I will say is just know the math on keywords in this regard. Um, try to stay around 1%. So if you write a page that is uh, 1,500 words, try to have your keywords in there about 15 times. That's where your rank math will come in um, because it helps kind of tell you what your percentages are. If you, if you see, uh, let me see where it is here. You'll see it here. It says my density, my, my word count is 413 good for the homepage of this website. And it says that my key to words density is 1.2 and that I've said it five times. So they're giving me a, a good score for that based on what I have and what I did. So, um, this will help you figure out what some of that math is and tell you whether you've done a good job. I will tell you if you get it, the higher you go, the worse your score will be. So this is not, this is not a go overboard over the top. Um, the other thing I'm going to throw out there is the trips to Italy website. A lot of times, um, and actually we see this with moving companies. A lot of times the keyword is not on that page. So you have to actually know what the others around you are doing when you figure this out. So just don't randomly say Beth said to do this and this is okay because in some more competitive fields, it's not okay. So you got to kind of be, be careful of that, but that's all another discussion all on its own. All right. So there's, I would also say that you can go out and find keywords. If you wanted to be really aggressive on how to find the best keywords and what, what to do with all of that. I mean, you can go out to some of these other uh, places and look around. Like I, I can go, let me show you what I mean. I can go, first of all, let's go to Google itself. If I put in SEO Houston, 
All right, let's see. Watch me not even be on the page today. No, I'm not on the page today. Okay, you see this here? Now I have another set of keywords that Google has given me that they think are related. Right off the bat here, I have a whole bunch here on the bottom. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say these may be good keywords for me to look at and to mine. So that's another source of keywords, just simply by putting in your main keyword and going off the bottom. I can also go and do Houston SEO agency, and it's now gonna give me another set of keywords here off the bottom. You see, so now I have different ones here uh, down in the uh, agency area. They've given me other ones. I can go here and it changes again. So you see how this keeps changing and helps me build the list that way too. So that's another whole set of things that you can do that can help you gain uh, some keyword traction there on the bottom. So I just, um, there's other tools out there that you can find. And then the other thing that I do sometimes is this little Dumaflatchy here. And I, this, is on, this is for my own. I go to Reddit and say what you will about Reddit, but it always comes up and gives you some ideas. So look, here's a good one. How do I do an SEO audit? I'm a beginner. First of all, I would never go put that in the public word in the ever, but that's a whole nother story. But I know that SEO audits are starting to come. That word is starting to gain some favor out there because I start to see it listed and all this material that I'm starting to, to, to find that I'm starting to go on. So, um, all right. Sorry, somebody, I just saw a question go by. I, uh, I, and I'm actually going to answer it now because it kind of doubles back. Um, what, what I want you to do, Lance, is use that, that Google site kit. He asked that, he said that uh, I, I'm looking for a service um, in analytics. I'm going to give you two. And I've been using both on this. I put the site kit in for Google Analytics. I make sure I have my analytics hooked up. Everything's in. The other thing I did is added a secondary program called Stat Counter, which gives me the real traffic on the website. And it gives me a real good overview of what's going on on a daily basis. So that one is called statcounter.com. And that's, a, that's an interesting little tool. And it gives me a wealth of information. So just that's a side note kind of a thing. Um, all right. So that's that story. Uh, let's see. Let me go back to it. So we've got, that's, that's our overview about keywords at the moment. Um, the next thing I will do is I'm going to say is we want to talk about, uh, finding keywords with questions in them because Google's very question centered now, um, uh, centric, um, and, and there's a great site out there that I think you, everybody needs to be aware of. So Reddit, you all kind of can go through Reddit, find out what you've got there, what people are asking, and that's a really good set. So how do I do an SEO audit should be something I'm going to go throw right out. And frankly, if I didn't know the answer, I'm probably going to have 25 sets of comments for somebody to tell me what I need to know about it. So um, so that's the first thing I would do there. So ask the, ask the public is the next one that I'm going to tell you that we're going to go to. Um, and if I could spell, so you see, if you go to ask the, the public here, it tells you what people are asking about or what they want to know about. So I'm going to put in SEO because we're kind of talking about that today anyway. 
And what you can see is there's a whole set of questions here. What is better, SEO or pay-per-click? So that's, uh, that's one. Um, what, uh, which, uh, what are search results? So that's another one. What are the best plugins for WordPress? What, are SE what SEO techniques are popular? Um, there's a whole wheel of questions. And the really cool thing is when I pick one, how will SEO, all right, how will SEO help my business? Here it is. It gives me, it tells me what the main site is. It gives me what the people are also asking. It gives me a whole bunch of story ideas and keyword ideas. Just simply, and that's what I hear from a lot of people is they don't know what to write on. Um, and I'm going to say that it, it makes me, it's, this is one of the best ways to go pick and it's forever changing. So I could, so I put an SEO out at the top, right? I could come back and put in SEO and web design and let's see what kind of questions come up with what it comes up with. It's thinking very hard because it doesn't really know what to do with that. So we're going to let it think here a minute, but everybody needs to be aware. So here's why else you're going to be aware of questions is because that whole people also asked if you ask a question on your website and you answer the question on your website, you greatly increase your ability to appear in the people also asked in those rich tech snippets. Um, there's a lot of debate back and forth about whether those rich tech snippets help your traffic or not. Um, and the thing again becomes, how do you benefit from it once they come in through it? So, and I'll, I'll show you a, a messed up situation that we're working on fixing on fixing right now. Uh, I finally got the people that own the company to agree that this needs to be fixed. But you see, here's all those questions about what is SEO and web design. Um, will, you know, will it help me? What is it? I have a whole pile of questions here. I can do it. So the objective is, to my mind, one of the objectives you should have is to get into the uh, rich text snippet area of a website if you need to. Okay. And what I mean by that is, let me see if this is, I may have to, let me see, I may have to log out of Google to make this work right. Yeah, I'm going to have to log out really quick here. So I'm going to log out of my Google account, sign out of all accounts. All right, and then I'm going to go tennis court lighting. When I put in tennis court lighting, it's not showing it. Usually it has a box here where we're, we had a people also ask box and sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not because they moved around this results page. Okay, so there was an inset box there at one point and it said, hey, you know, this is all about tennis court lighting. It went to this exact page. Let me pull it up. Maybe this is Safari that's doing it, causing it to. But I went to this page, okay? So the first thing that we noticed when we came to this page is people would come to this page and they would leave the page and it's because they couldn't really figure out what they were supposed to do. So we put this big box here that said, we now start our tennis courts at 8750. 
great. So what was happening, and this is where the mess up is, and they're working on fixing this now, thankfully, after a lot of pushing. Um, we have to fix these tennis courts so that people want to buy them. So you see, here's my one here. We came in. We actually have been selling a few of them now because what's happened is we've changed the pricing, but we got people to come off Google the way they did and then redirected them to where they need to go to. When you put those two types of things together, it starts to then generate sales. So that being in that first people also ask box, it gives us an, a certain level of credibility because Google selected us to be more important than everybody else. And then it was up to us once we got that box to figure out how to monetize that box and move them uh, through the process of making a sale with us. So I don't think those are bad. Now, some people are saying, well, if I have those boxes, those boxes start to act like people think they're ads. And I, and I can see some people thinking they're ads, but we had, as long as we're in those um, boxes, our traffic goes up and it's, then it's up to us to figure out how to monetize that. So, um, and some things are not, let me see if this one works. Some, some things are not always able to be immediately um, monetized in that way. So this is here. This is, this is our site here. So what is, what is the food here of this uh, area of Italy? Um, I knew we have a link ranking here. We're the first one in the people also ask section. Um, it's hard to monetize this page because this really is just about, about food. Now, what we did is put the plan, the trip on the side of it. We've done some other things that help, you know, float this to the top. But at the end of the day, this is still an informational search with an informational result. So if somebody's looking for this, they may not be looking to go on vacation, which is, you know, that's always the rub with some of this. So you need to just make sure that you try to give somebody enough information when they land on their page to let them know you're actually selling something and you're just not a, um, you know, just an informational website that you just threw some stuff up on a website and that was the end of it. So just uh, kind of make sure you, you, you know what, where those placements are, what are the placements that are going for. And I think I'm going to say this also on the keywords. I put the keyword in Google so that I understand Google's intent. And I'm going to give you an example of this because I just had a, a discussion with National Van Lines about this. And it was, it's kind of an interesting thing. I was telling them that Google is very confused by a company that does moving and storage. So when your name of your company is moving and storage, what does Google think moving and storage means? And they said, well, they think it's a moving company. I said, nope, Google thinks it's a U-Haul uh, and a, what do you call them? Public storage locker places. And they said, well, how do you know this? And the best way to always know what Google thinks uh, it, it's like the so stupidly simple, dumb stupidness. All I have to do is do this. Moving and storage. And look what I get. U-Haul, Smartbox, U-Haul, U-Haul. They are all, they're not really moving companies. All right. And that's, uh, Google itself is kind of confused as to what a moving and storage company is because the local map search is U-Hauls. 
Now, granted, there are moving companies down in the organic searches, but I think what the average Joe person is doing these days is they go, they look at the map, oh, I must have put the wrong query in and go and fix their query rather than going and fixing the search result, like looking down below it. These maps suck off 90% of the traffic. So if this map is not representing right, it's great that I'm down here, but yeah, most of the people are stuck here in the maps and figuring they put the wrong stuff in. So just understand what Google thinks the search term is. Don't insist that you know what it should be because you're, I hate to say it because I don't mean it badly, but your opinion doesn't really matter. Um, the opinion that matters is what Google thinks something means. I can tell them I think it means something from now until doomsday. They don't really care. So that's that story. So the next thing we're going to do is we're going to start to look at, and actually before I kind of get over this, does anybody have any questions? You guys all have your muted self muted and are quiet, but does anybody have any questions? Because now would be a good time to unmute yourself and ask your question. I'm going to give you all a minute to do that. I'm doing such a stellar job. Nobody has any questions. Okay. All right. Uh, let me make sure we've got none down here in the chat because you guys were trying to chat. Hey, Beth. Yeah. So the, the question that I had actually um, uh, was regarding, you know, whenever I had switched my website over from Squarespace to WordPress, you know, I thought that was my SEO would have gotten better, but it's actually in turn gotten worse. And so now I'm actually looking at the analytics page of Google. Did I'm you not zero. redirect those pages, right, Lance? Just uh, out of what my you, head, you probably didn't do 301 redirects on the back end of the website. Okay, how would I do that? Like, where would uh, that, where would I find that? Uh, you First of all, go and put the thing in the search console and see what the errors are, because chances are you're gonna have a lot of 404s because they don't know where it is and the link profile is probably no good. That may be something I need to look at. I'm happy to help you with that. Just uh, let me look at it and see if I can't figure out what, it shouldn't have got worse. It should, everyone I've ever taken out of something and put into WordPress has gone up 30, 40, 50%. So oh, I need okay. to see where you were and then to see what errors we may or may not have. So search consoles where I would start to look at that webmaster tools and go see, does it have all of a sudden a big old pile of, um, of 404 errors? And if it does, then that's, that's a, a piece. Next thing I'd look at is make sure I have indexing turned on. You may have not turned indexing on and not realized you did it. So there's, there's some basic things that may be wrong here, or there may be something drastically wrong. I, I, I will, will you do me a favor and just to put it in my to-do list, just drop me an email and remind me to go look at it. I'll probably figure it out pretty quickly for you. Sure thing. Thank you. You're very welcome. Anytime. So, um, you know, we want you to do good. You're our cool bus driver all over creation here. So we want you rocking on and doing a good job because I think you just, I think you have just like a lot of goodwill for the community. So whatever I can do to help you, I'm going to do. All right. Anybody else before I move forward? Oh, somebody put something in chat. Hang on a minute. Chat, chat, chat. Chat, 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 chat. Okay. Okay, Google Search Console, if you missed it, that's okay. What I can do is I actually have a, on SEO 411, if you go to the Internet Marketing Clinic page, I actually did a whole class on it. So you can 
although you may not want to listen to two more hours of me talk today, I don't know. There's a whole nother, there's a whole video that talks about Google Webmasters from start, start to finish, what every part of it means. Um, at some point I'll have to do it again because the core vitals were not there when I did this back in March, but it is enough for you to get going and get, get moving with it. So does that help you? I hope. Uh, do you need me to get, if I can get you a link for it later too, if you need me to. Um, but yeah, you need to make sure you have webmaster tools. Everybody needs to have webmaster tools. Okay, so that's that story. So let's start talking about um, our pages themselves, because I see a lot of this too, is that um, people uh, build a web page and then they don't put their keywords on the web page and then they want to know why the page doesn't rank because their keyword is not on the web page and Google has no idea what you're talking about. So you have to make sure that you're putting your keywords on the actual page that you're trying to rank on. Otherwise, it's not going to actually work on it. So there is um, a lot of uh, SEO type um, on-page tools and on-site checkers. Um, I've got a real basic one running on the front of, of SEO 411 right now that will go through and start to look about what's the keyword, is it optimized right? Um, there's also there's also a program out there, and it's thirty nine dollars a month, and it's pretty complicated. But I'm gonna throw it out there. Um, so you all know to think about using it because it does help dramatically and it's called um page optimizer pro and you can basically take it put a page in it and it will do the math on the page for you so let me um let me here we go so i have in fact, I'm going to have to go through and recalculate this and do it. So if you look here, I have an Italian honeymoon page. And let me just see if I can view the results without. I don't want to rerun it. I just want to view it. Oh, it's going to give me, what it does is it gives you a quick checklist of everything that you need to know that may be wrong and right with a keyword. So I go on some of these really hard keywords, we go in and run it through here and then figure out what it'll tell us what we have to do to, um, to rank on, or to rank on something. And it's, and it's been a great, it's, it's great little, it's a very lightweight, tool. It helps you understand what you need to do. Um, it's going to force me to rerun this. I just want to update the score. So let me just let it do this real quick. Um, and then we'll come back to it because there's certain things and pieces that people don't think of on a page. And when you don't do your page right, it ain't happening. You're not going to get your page ranking um, if you don't put your page together right. And, it, and it's really pretty much that simple. Um, I have no problem, like most of my home pages, they rank on two and 300 keywords because I've put it together in such a way that it will do that. Um, and if I look in, and again, let me use SEO 411. 
you look here and I need a pages. That's going to give me all the words that we, all the keywords that were ranked on. And it gives me the URL of the page. And if I go to that URL, you're going to see, look at how many different keywords this ranks on. So this thing ranks on 800, but if you look at, I'm going to do it by top 10. The first five are the homepage, seven, the first eight are the homepage, that's 10 are the homepage. Uh, there's a whole, I got about 20 here within the top 10, 20 different keywords that that homepage is ranking off of. Just rough, rough estimate. If I pull it down and I keep kind of going down it, I think that homepage is ranked on about 200 keywords. And it's because of how I structured the keywords, how many, how many different ways I put it in, what I did with it, um, how I did it, uh, put them all together. And that's how we, that's how we kind of came up with it. So I, I went through and did a whole host of uh, stuff with it to make this all work and to make it rank on multiple, multiple keywords. That should be your goal. Uh, but the only way you're going to do that is to actually use the keywords and to think about this right. Uh, if you don't think about it right, uh, it's not going to work right. And I mean, it's, it's really that simple. So when you write a, I'm going to bring this up and show you something because I, I was working on this website last night and it's a, it's a good example of something. I'm re I'm rebuilding this website. And for those of you that have known me for a while would know that if you look at this thing, you can tell exactly why it has no rankings at all. But we're going to go up with no keyword here in our homepage. We've got wellness coaching, but we have no explanation. We have looking for a speaker, a speaker of what? Speaker of the house of representatives. What speaker do we have? These are the common mistakes that I see people meet. It's not that I'm calling Blair out or anything. I'm Like I said, I'm going to fix it all for her. But what I want you guys to understand is this is what the common homepage looks like. This right here is a great example of what not to do. Looking for a speaker. Um, and the problem is, is that there's no delimiter of what that means. So Google can't get its hooks into it. It doesn't understand what this website is even about. It has no earthly understanding of it at all. So it's got a low, a low traffic amount. I mean, it's basically a by referral only business. Um, and, and that's the stuff that if you don't fix the on-site parts of it, that you end up with a problem with it. Hold on, Lance left and now he's back. You back? All right. Okay. So I want everybody to kind of understand, you know, that this is an example of not so goodness. Now this one over here, I just bought up from scratch. And you see this whole thing is about net operating losses and being able to bring, carry it back to in the past and get a refund out of the IRS, right? So we've got our net operating loss. We talk about what the care implications is. Here's the net operating losses again. Here's the word. Here's the NOL. That's the actual real search term. So I've got that. You notice that I have this running throughout this entire website even though it's a new website and only even though it's only like five or six pages, it's got enough 
indication for it of what this website's about that Google already has an understanding. It's not, it's not ranked great because it's only been up for like two weeks, but the reality of it is that this website is, is they understand it. And that's what the, that's the biggest battle. They have to understand what you're doing. And if they don't understand you, that's a really big problem. So, um, if you notice the other thing that I did, and I want everybody to pay close attention to this, when you do a page, there's a, the H1 tags and H2 tags. If you notice, every one of these has a header and they have some type of or balance of keyword in it. So net operating loss is the keyword for this particular website. You see it, it's in every iteration of my heading other than this one, because I didn't want Google to make a delimitation, delimiter of what kind of business uh, people should be in. So um, that's, uh, that's some of those on-site things that we need to do. So you need to be ever, keywords need to be ever presence of mind as you assemble a page and how you put it together. And if they're not, you're going to end up with a problem because Google's not going to know what to do with it. Um, the next thing I want everybody to be aware of is your title tag. And again, if we look here at this NOL carryback website, I put the keyword as first, as closest to the left as I possibly can. And in this case, I actually put it in twice and put it once at the beginning and once at the end because it was that. But make sure that your main keyword is front loaded. Now, let's look at SEO 411s because that keyword for them uh, or the title tag for this site, I really, it took me almost probably 30 minutes to come up with the best way to write the title tag and cover what I wanted covered. So I have, um, Houston SEO was what I wanted to rank on. So I, I got Houston SEO. I wanted to be, I wanted to rank on SEO expert. I wanted to rank on expert web design. And if you notice, that's how I placed the order of the words. So it made sense. And if you notice, I didn't put a comma between Houston expert, Houston SEO expert web design. There's not a comma till you got to the end of web design because I wanted Google to look at that phraseology as one set of interchangeable sets of words. Um, digital marketing, I let stay on its own. Local SEO, uh, I let stay on its own. And I stuck penalty repair in there because um, we're really good at fixing websites that have penalties and problems and people didn't put together right or people smash. We, we, we fix smash websites all the time. That's one of the biggest things I think I probably do. So, um, but I, I wanted to make sure. So my main objective was Houston SEO and SEO Houston. My next main, main objective was web design. And I wanted the expert word in there in the event that somebody was looking for a public speaker or something, you know, they wanted somebody that really was an expert in SEO that they might be willing to call me on that. So that's a, that's a keyword that we don't get a lot of calls on, but I, I think that it's one of those ones that somebody is truly looking for an SEO expert is looking for somebody, they've got a really specific problem and they want somebody to come and help them fix it. And I've had some of those come up through the years that really, really specific problems um, that we've, we've had to help people solve. So, and it's not just about uh, one of them was 
somebody being arrested and he got fired from his job because he was arrested because something bubbled up. So that's kind of like rep reputation problem. But that's, I get all kinds of strange side calls like that because of that extra, that expert moniker. So, um, and we've, we've, we've found some pretty interesting customers through the years with it. So let's just, let's, but, uh, Anyway, so if you look at the on page here, you'll see that I have a really solid title tag. So that's one of the things that I need to do. Um, and the other thing is try to keep your URLs and your URL strings short. And what I mean is that is that the natural inclination is to make a uh, URL be long because it's going to pick the name of the page, right? So this one is the page the name of this page is Houston Web Design Best Web Design Houston Web Development Services. You see what my title page and my URL string is? Houston Web Design and Web Development Services. I basically told Google what that page was about. I didn't put all the best in there and put Houston in there six times and I just basically said this page is on Houston Web Design and Development Services. So they understood short, sweet, to the point no big long string. What WordPress does um, when it builds the page, sometimes it takes that and it makes the URL very long and matches the title tag. And if you don't override it and fix the URL before it's published, you end up with this really big long string. And it's not something that you really want to do on a regular basis. So be mindful of how you name the URL when you put it in your WordPress or anything in your install. So uh, there is that, that piece of that problem. Um, let's see. So make sure we've got that. Make sure we're front loading our URL strings uh, and our keywords, because that's a really big deal. That's a really, really, really big deal. That's, that one has a lot more um, points, if you will, than anything else. Um, make sure that you try to put some type of um, list or delimiter on the title tag on anything other than your homepage, okay? And what I mean when I say that, you see I have best web design Houston. Well, that's a little bit of a delimiter. Um, if you look through the blog posts that I've done, especially the ones that are more recent. Seven tips. So that tip becomes an, a delimiter of what this blog post is about. So you notice it says seven tips. Uh, this one down here, um, technical SEO, why should I care? I always try to explain what it is as best as I can in the title tag other than the homepage title tag, okay? Uh, eight tips that can contribute to better Google rankings. So you notice there's that number game going on again. Um, let's see what else we got. What's funny is I did six tips in the, in the podcast and I ended up with eight when I was writing it. So it ended up with like, so it looks weird because it's got like two very similar ones there, but they're kind of tied together. Um, 
And you notice the other thing that I've been doing is all the ones that belong to the Internet Marketing Clinic, which is what this is. I've been actually putting that at the front Internet Marketing Clinic episode number. What is it about? So there's some type of modifier and reference for Google so they understand what I'm talking about um, on this when that when I put my title tag together. So I like those embedded like I'm going to say use the word modifiers, but they're but they really are descriptors. And I try to be really, really consistent with what I do. So the Internet Marketing Clinic is always Internet Marketing Clinic episode number. My stuff is always tips. So it's a number and tips. Um, and see, I screwed up here. I should have the word Houston in there. Uh, this is a, this was just a throwaway for July's classes, which I'm starting to pull that into the blog here too. Again, 27 mistakes. So you see, there's a formula here that gives tips and advice and information. And I'm putting that in the title tag of whatever I do. I don't just call it common SEO mistakes. I'm putting those delimiters and modifiers in there. And that's very important. Uh, next thing, let's come back to carry back for a second here, because the next thing is the placement of your main, main keyword. So if you had to tell me what your main job was, let's do this. I'm actually going to jump to a different website. This one's still in beta. I, 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 I haven't launched this yet. I'm, I just got to get the client sign off on it. But if you look at here, the very first set of words that Google sees is Houston attorney. And at the end of the day, that's what the biggest keyword of all is on this website is an attorney. It's just a general attorney. It's not a personal. If it was a personal injury lawyer, it would say personal injury lawyer. If it was a divorce lawyer, it would say a divorce lawyer. This one in particular. So if you notice the very first set of words that you come across, I have my keyword, my main keyword sitting in the first batch of words. The next thing I have is I have it a second time right here. And I, and I did that so that I reinforced it. I have it in a header tag and I have it in the first set of a paragraph tag. And that was intentional on my part to make sure that Houston attorney word appeared in both sections of that website within the first 150 characters. And I think if you add it up, I will have made that goal that I hit the first 150. I had the Houston attorneys in the H1 and be, and I have it in regular paragraph text too. So I have hit it within the first 150 characters. I have my, um, I'm saying characters, I mean words. Um, I have my two main keywords that I'm telling people. And if you look through pretty much any site that I've done, they all have that same similar feature and attribute. SEO 411, I did it um, in boxes. And I'm, I'm always thinking when I construct a page, how do I construct a page to meet that barrier, right? So the very first set of words Google comes to, Houston SEO services, because that's what we do. That's what I wanted them to see first. And even though web design is really a very close and hot second for me at this point in my life. I really, I needed to put my paragraph in about SEO. So that's there and my SEO services. I, again, I touched that SEO services two times within the first 150 words of this webpage. 
So that's a, that's a really big one. And I think I've met that goal pretty well. Um, and I even have an organic SEO sitting here. And actually I'm going to fix this cause I'm going to take that out. I may make a slight shift. Um, to make sure that we know what's what that uh i don't want that there i guess is what i'm trying to say but long story short is um i made sure that my keywords were exactly my most important flowed exactly where i wanted them to be within that first 150 characters and really google's going to read this row first so they're going to read it up and down like this just so you understand what they're going to do so being that i understand that um that they are reading it this way i've structured my text that way i could take that same text and make it go vertically top to bottom and have the same effect as the boxes that i did here because of how i stitched those boxes together so these are the things that again you have to be aware of to make sure that you're meeting the bar and you know what you're doing with them um the next thing I want to make sure everybody knows to do is that you use your keywords in the H1, H2, and H3 tags, okay? Um, that's one of those things that is just so crazy. I found a plugin though that lets me manipulate this better than just regular H1, H2, H3. And let me see if it's here on this. Uh, I don't think it's on this site. I don't even think I put it on my own site yet. Um, what it's doing is that when I build the box, I can actually pick, it's on this site. I was just thinking where I had to get it for. I got it for this site. Um, because I was able to manipulate this is an h1 tag but i was able to set the point size so it wasn't egregiously as big as this up here because sometimes you want to use that h1 tag at the top of your page but you don't want it to be this huge thing so i i've actually found a plugin now that works that will allow me to manipulate each of those tags and the point sizes on them um, outside the uh, confines of the theme which sounds like i said a really big technical mouthful don't be afraid by what I said. It actually just made it simpler. But I've got my H1 here with it in it. Um, and then I made these like H3s, these subsets of what law we actually practice at this firm. Um, and then I came all the way back. I've got Houston Law Firm because that's another, if you start to look and think keywords, you will start to see the methodology of how I think when you go through these websites that I, that were attached to. Um, and what I did for my girls at that work for me is I actually went to the SEO 411 class site and I put together a portfolio. Um, and I did it for the outside world, but they actually often go there to troubleshoot like if they have a problem or how do we handle X, they actually sometimes can see those more complicated uh, things through how I handle it um, on the SEO 411 site, on the ACTWD site. They know the ones that I've actually been the one that assembled. And because I assembled it, they actually go back and look to see what I did and how that best applies to them. So I, I would recommend the same thing for anybody, you know, that wanted to do that. If you follow the portfolio tab, you'll start to see what I assembled. And then you can see, as I'm explaining to you methodology, you can see the methodology that was used through those pages. Um, 
just simply by looking at the portfolios that we've done to see that they're how they're assembled. So there's a lot of troubleshooting or mimicking that you can do just simply by going through that. Okay, so that's, um, that's another on-site situation that we need to do. Now, here's one that I have not been doing and I am going to acquiesce a little bit. Not a lot of it, but a little bit. So I have never been a big one on image optimization um, other than companies that need it, meaning artists, um, graphics, uh, architects. I can see it being done there. And my philosophy has always been that if I go through and I optimize those images, I can disrupt a little bit my on-page SVO of the rest of the page. And that there's not enough benefit to optimizing the image when I'm sitting at number one already. That I don't get enough push to worry about it. If I'm already number one, there's no other place to go. And, and on some level that's right. But one of the things that the image optimization will gain you if you're using your own images, and that's a really big piece of this, is actually a listing within the image search. So um, make sure your images, if you're gonna do this, make sure the images are yours um, or that you have purchased them. Don't go take a freebie from somebody and then optimize the image and the next thing you know, you have a lawsuit sitting on your desk because you optimized an image and you're now sitting in Google uh, image search. True story. I had, um, you know, I, the web hosting company that I own, we get, somebody laughed at me the other day and they were like, really? They didn't even, they were, they were asking me what I use my fax machine for. And I said, the, really the only reason the web hosting company has a fax machine is so that we can get the uh, cease and desist copyright orders from whatever lawyer wants to fax them to us. Um, because we have so many different hosting customers Inevitably, once a month, I get some kind of legal document saying this customer broke copyright law. The best one I ever saw was this one. I had a web designer uh, company that went and Googled picture of the city of Houston. And they picked the first one that came up, which was a really nice picture of uh, the backside of Houston, like off of I-45 at night. So it was all lit up on the back, all the, the whole aquarium area, everything was lit up. It was a beautiful picture. And they took it, they used it. And I got a letter saying, hi, I see that you used the picture. You now owe us $550 because we don't have a problem with you using it, but you're going to pay me to use it. Um, and we went to the web designer and they said they had 10 days to get it off the website or pay the money and the web designer, designer moved it. But the, but the thing is that those images being searched, the origin of those images, if somebody finds them and uses them and you've used the copyright image, you can get yourself in really big trouble. So as I'm saying this, I'm going to put an uh, asterisk to it to say, make sure they're your own pictures. But optimize the alt image text on pictures. Don't keyword stuff on them. Explain what you're looking at. Um, so if I put a picture of the city of Houston skyline, 
I would put something that says our Houston based law firm uh, resides in the city and this is a picture of our building. I would put something that related it back to the site so I didn't look like I was keyword stuffing into that optimized alter to optimize the alt image tag box. What I've noticed is that the websites have gained some keyword listings on words that they didn't have. So although my money term was ranking, I was able to pull up some long tail searches through the through this alt image stuff. So I, I've never been a big proponent of it because, yeah, you know, I mean, how many people use the images to go find a lawyer? I mean, I guess that's the, I don't know that a lot of people do that. But uh, on the other side of the coin, there is some benefit to increasing the traffic and that the image search function will get you some additional keywords, which may get you some additional visibility, which may get you some additional traffic. So there's, there is some, there is some reasons to, to rank on Google image search. Um, and it also helps. Um, it does help some with the onsite SEO. Again, if you're number one, I wouldn't fool with it. If you're not number one on the page and on that term, then I might look at what do I have to do and does image optimization help me uh, achieve that? So just again, that's one of those decision type things that you'll need to make um, with that. The other thing is try to optimize the name of the photo. So if you're doing it and you know, you can optimize. So man sitting at laptop, you know, business owner studying net operating loss. That was, that's what I named the JPEG. The JPEG is study net operating loss.jpg. So now I have a keyword in my, actually in the file name. So that's one of those things that you can really kind of drill down to and name better other than image one, two, three, four, five. I mean, that's, that's what the whole world does. But I sometimes will, you know, SEO 411 logo. So my logo is now branded and, and the image name, it then verifies to Google's mind that they're on SEO 411's website and somebody's not trying to mess with them. So optimize your name of your file, optimize your image text, optimize everything you can about the images when you put an image up. It, it's actually not a bad idea to do that anymore. Um, Again, it's something I've never really thought to do and not been doing, but it's kind of getting to where there's enough juice there. Um, even if I am ranked number one, I may I might gain something else out of it simply by doing it. So that's that piece of the story. So the next thing is you used to stuff keywords into a page. I don't want you to stuff keywords into a page. But I do want you to start thinking in terms of pages and words and things that may be common. So one of the examples I would say is like a camera. If I was going to write an article about a camera um, and how to pick the best camera body between a Nikon and a Canon, let's just say that's my page. In that, you might see the words camera body. You might see the word lens. You might see the word aperture setting. You might see the word um, autofocus. There's a lot of different words that you might see. What you wouldn't see is, I don't know, charcoal grill or red t-shirt. 
So you need to think in like kinds of words and synonyms for things that people would use. Um, I still have this carry back site up on the website. You'll see I've got net operating losses. I defined NOL here. Um, we put uh, uh, minus gross income. There's words in here that indicate that this paragraph is about, about net operating losses. If I talked about net operating losses and then had a whole paragraph about profit, Google, there was a time that Google was dumb and they wouldn't, they wouldn't get that the paragraph attached to the words that you're putting there was wrong. But now they understand the relationship between words and the words that you would expect to see there. An example of one that they're screwed up on is that moving and storage example that they, when I put in moving and storage, I don't get a moving company. Although the organic listings are sometimes a moving company, the map listings are U-Haul. So this is where this, there is some linguistic issues that they kind of still are not too sure what to do with. But in a lot of cases, in a lot of words, they understand what the word is about and what words should appear with it and what go with it. So when you write your page, so here's an example. I say I am a family lawyer and then I launch into a whole diatribe about people that go to prison for tax evasion and how a business attorney might solve that problem. So it's good that I'm saying I'm a family lawyer, but I've done nothing in my text to support it. So family law, you're going to see divorce, child custody, custody agreements, um, you know, stuff along those lines. Uh, Tax law, you're going to see net operating losses, uh, employment issues, HR issues. You're going to see other sets of words. You'll never see divorce specifically. You might, if somebody wants to say you get a business divorce, I guess I could see that. But Google would not assimilate that business lawyer with a family lawyer because we've used the wrong words. It's extremely important to use the right language and synonyms that um, mimic the words that we're talking about. The other thing is if I wanted to say, um, how do I start a blog, right? And then the next thing, another way to say that is how to create a blog. Another way to say that is how to set a blog up on WordPress. Um, Google understands that those are all the same idea. And another example of this, and, I, and I, this is one of those things, um, that uh, I think that we used to do so that we could take a page and make them be different. And I'm going to tell you, do not do this anymore because doing this is a bad thing. Bad, 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 bad thing. So I could write a page about George Washington and I could say George Washington was the first president of the United States and go on and give a biography of George Washington. I then could come back and I could write a page about the first president of the United States, George Washington, and write a page about George Washington and change the word order around, but the meaning was still the same. I could then write a third page that said, George Washington, comma, the first president of the United States, comma, and then write the same about George Washington page, changing some words. Now, if I go back 10 years ago, Google would count those as three separate pages. Now they understand that they're all the same page. 
It's a biography of George Washington, who was the first president of the United States. So what you have to understand is that calling things inside the words with similar terms is a good thing. Creating pages that are the same, but just changing the words up is a bad thing. And that's the, that's the use of, of how to do this old, old way, the way we do it now, the litmus that we need to pass now, um, they all become uh, important things. Um, the other thing I'm going to say, and this is one of those things that gets debated quite a bit, um, and I see some people say it matters and some people say it don't or it doesn't. The people that say this doesn't matter, I think, let me see if this is the right page. I think the people that do this, there's a, I'm trying to get to the thing for this. So hold on a minute. I have it bookmarked. LSI graph. Okay. So I'm going to lsigraph.com. This gives you related words and helps you understand what's related to what. So if I enter the word SEO and I tell it to generate, it's going to give me words that it thinks I should have in my articles about SEO. It's also going to give me some examples of what's the best content that use SEO um, so that I understand what those relational words should be and how they should interact with each other. And this gets really down into the weeds of keywords. But when you write a page, you really need to understand what these other terms are that should go through all of this. Okay. So when I put in it, how, what is SEO and how does it work? Uh, SEO and Google, an SEO class, SEO tools. You see, those are things that people would expect to see in an SEO article. So I'm going to make sure that I try to use them. And you see there's like oodles and oodles and oodles of them here. So you can start to kind of figure out how to string them all together and what words you should kind of try to start to do. Um, and I think the other thing is I can do here and I can go through and pull this one up and see what I says, what is SEO and how does it work? It's now going to give me all the words that appear in pages like this. So there's a definite relational interaction between what your actual keyword is and the words that Google would anticipate seeing on a page about that. And again, if I wrote about a page about SEO and then went through about houses, um, Google would not know what I was talking about. All right. So Kathy asked, should we be focused on the volume content and use those words? Yes. The higher the volume, the more popular to search. So I would try to always try to use the higher the keywords um, with the higher the highest volume. In fact, when I build a list, I, I try not to pick anything with less than five or six thousand searches on that keyword list. Um, but yeah, try to use like items. Those like items are really important, and um, Google's ex ex expecting them. So. Um, you know, I have a, a, a ticket attorney and he wants to add a wills and probate section to his website. 
and, and I got to tell you, I, I really, I haven't done it. And he called me and he said to me, why didn't you do it? And I said, well, I said, because I, I really don't want to take a website that's so dialed in on traffic tickets and put wills and probates to the side of it. Because I, it, it literally can rock that boat. So you would think, oh, it's law. It's all law. It's not all law. One guy's a tra traffic ticket guy and the other one is a will and a term probate. And maybe the will and probate guy knows how to do traffic tickets and maybe traffic ticket. But they're so different that Google's going to go, what? And they actually could blow up the high listing on the tickets because we're trying to dilute it with this wills and probate thing. So just make, make sure that we um, kind of try to use the right words and kind of stick with like words and try to be focused on what we're doing. And, and a tool like this at least helps you um, put the right sets of words and the right set of order in the right places on a page. Um, I, I will say, I, I don't do this a lot. Um, it comes up a lot and I'm not a proponent of it, but I will throw it out into the discussion uh, so everybody can have their own opinion on it, okay? So a lot of times they say that you should have some external links pointing out um, to other sites. Kathy just came back and asked a question. I'm going to go back and go answer her question because it's a really good question. What it says is, do I accept it say multiple websites for lawyers who practice in multiple areas of law? The answer is no. Um, I don't really, I don't, you don't benefit from that. And the thing is, is that you actually can be penalized for it. Um, I know some people will do it and make you have microsites. I'm not a microsite person. What I, what I will say on that is, and if you look at this one from, from Mayfirm, you'll see it. None of these items are really related to each other. Uh, we've got real estate, tax law, estate planning, business law, and bankruptcy. Those are, those are like literally five different types. So when I sat down and I thought about what I wanted to do with this, I actually went and said, I'm going to go all the way out to attorney and then let that be my guiding principle because I have so many unrelated items. And that's how I, that's how I approached it. I went attorney and then subset of attorney instead of a personal injury attorney, I would say personal injury attorney. I would then have auto accident, uh, workman comp workers compensation Jones Act I would I would break it out differently because I'm starting at the personal injury level and not at the attorney level so it depends on where you're starting and then what is the commonality between them uh, I had a lawyer that was a divorce lawyer and a prenup lawyer well when I put those together that that made perfect sense he wanted to then add wills. I, I did it against my better judgment. I would have, I just kind of was like, okay, we're just throwing stuff out there to try to get people in the door. I, I would never have pursued the, under my own, um, if it was up to me, we never would have put uh, wills on a, on a family law site. Although I could have enough of a hook back to it. Um, because at least with a family, I'm doing a will because I'm trying to be family oriented. So, I, I mean, there was an argument there. The ticket attorney and the wills, they're, they're, that's like saying uh, shoes and bananas. It, the only commonality between them is their law. So it says, so you went, 
you said, so wide view to narrow view, correct? Correct. Affirmative on that one. Um, so, and, and just understand what your biggest piece is to come down to. If you can find a way to link them together on a lower level, you're going to be better. So again, using the, the personal injury venue, uh, personal injury, uh, workers comp, auto accident or vehicle accident, truck accident. I would break a truck accident out on a personal injury lawyer. Um, you know, uh, product liability cases. Uh, those would be, but they're all, they're all personal injury. So I would not go out to attorney Houston and then try to come down to personal injury. I would go personal injury and then come down to the subsets. So it depends. I think in your case, I, you, you do a lot of different things too. You're kind of like this one. So you should be like attorney. And then where do you funnel down to, as opposed to trying to come into a section and go out to that? I, that's at least my, I think you kind of got more like this situation going on that it's all over the place. Um, and we, we did a three hour sit down with this to sort this out, to figure all the things that we want. Literally, these are going to be five separate areas that I'm going to structure as in almost individual websites, but they're all going to live under this one website address. So understand that that's, that's what's going to happen there, but that's how I, that's how I would do it. So we'll have all the real estate topics together, all the tax law topics. So theoretically Google, and the reason you do that is because theoretically when I put in tax law, they're going to land on the tax law page. They're not going to land on this homepage and have to drill down to tax law. So understand that that's also going on in all of this. So um, so that we, that we know that's actually happening too. So that there's a lot of those things, uh, going on. I want to end on today. I'm going to end on external links because I have really mixed emotions on this. Um, and as I say, do as I say, don't do as I do. I actually did exactly what I am going to say. I'm not really thrilled with. Uh, on the SEO 411 website, way down this page, I put outbound links to all the entities that we work with. And actually I need to hook up the Houston Northwest Chamber too. So I actually put outbound external links pointing to authoritative websites. Um, they better be pretty good for you to link to them. I, I am not a believer in linking my website to anything that is ever going to give business to somebody else. And there for a while, they were wanting me to link to GoDaddy. Now, why on this earth would I ever link to GoDaddy as a web hosting company? I mean, they're just a, they're a competitor. I mean, that's what they are. So um, with that said, uh, I would say if you wanted to link out to the Texas Penal Code as a lawyer, go for it. But only do it once or twice. Don't do it on every page. If you're a tax attorney and linked to the IRS, I can understand that too, probably. Um, I, I would go through sets of things along those lines. That's how I would approach a lot of those, um, in those uh, events. But the external links, they're looking for them. Uh, yeah, go ahead and do them, but just be careful with what you do. I actually would might want to say don't follow, don't use don't follows on them because really the IRS doesn't need a link from your website. 
So I guess I could throw that piece out on it too. So I am going to stop there on my list, my ever ending list. Let me tell you how many items are on this list. No, there's, they're not, there's so many, they're not even categorized. Okay. So I am on number nine is where I'm going to stop today on on-site tips. We are going to go and talk about number 10 the next time around. And number 10 is um, internal links. And that's one of the most important things we're going to do. So um, I'm glad we're going to start there next time. So the fourth Wednesday of August, which I don't know what its date, is going to be a continuation of this. And we're going to start with internal links. Okay. Um, these are all those things that we need to uh, do. So we'll do a part one, part two, how many ever parts it takes me to get down all of this.